Hello and welcome. It's lovely to be here. I'm Pam Pastor, your host for the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I'm happy that you found me, but more importantly in these end times, I'm thrilled that you have found our Savior, Jesus Christ. If this is your first time joining me, know that God blesses and honors those who diligently seek his word and then place it into action. Or perhaps you're a longtime listener. If so, welcome back. Friends, there's power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we'll be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of agile, moldable clay for the potter Jesus to transform. You know, we're always upon that potter's wheel. And in the book of Jeremiah, we're taught that we are actually the clay and we're in the hand of our potter Jesus. And he puts us on that wheel, transforming, shaping, and renewing us both in our our physical selves, as well as more importantly, our spiritual selves. So be prepared to power up and level up your life as you join me and others each week as we explore all things pertaining to Jesus. And periodically, friends, we'll delve into my virtual mailbag where we answer questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, a thought, suggestion, whatever it might be, go ahead and send me over an email at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. And we learn from the Apostle John that he extends a prayer to all of us in the book of Revelation, which is also called Apocalypse, and it comes out of chapter 22, verse 21. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. And you know, that's my prayer as well as we go through this episode and throughout our day. But specifically right now, as we prepare to enter into God's presence, I'm going to ask that the Father reveal within our hearts new revelation of what the specifics of the word is teaching us as we explore the book of Daniel, just uh, specifically chapter 2 and 7. And right now we also learn from scripture, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what you have prepared for those who love you. Amen. You know, we are headed to MLK Junior Day, which is around the corner on January 15th of this year. And you know, he had a dream and we celebrate this day in tribute to a man who was not afraid to address racism in America. King's speech gives us a legacy of what America can look like should she choose to embrace the call. And... America, where all races and faiths live simultaneously in respect, kindness, and harmony with one another. And while MLK Jr. immediately comes to mind when the subject of dreams is brought up, God gives us two more people arguably more important to address when addressing the overarching theme of dreams. And as promised, we're going to explore how Europe 
ties into the book of signs and the end times. First, though, we need to review our first international sign that we looked at yesterday, which was Israel. Now, Israel, we said, was announced as a Jewish state on May the 14th, 1948. President Truman signed his approval into office, officially recognizing the birth of the modern nation of Israel. But why Israel? Well, the easy answer is why not? The deeper answer is because it was God's sovereign choice to do so. This choice was not based upon merit. You see, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, Moses tells us this, The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all peoples, but because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now recall we said had it not been for the Jewish people, we would have no Bible, no Ten Commandments, no basis for jurisprudence, or no knowledge of the law. And what about Jesus and his saving salvation? We would have none of it. So you see, we see Israel perhaps through a different lens now. Daniel interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream and one of his own and found that both held predictive insights into what was to come in Europe before and during end times. Now, Daniel is from the Old Testament. He was strongly committed to God throughout his entire lifetime. We know he was intelligent, well-trained, and he feared God. He was taken from Jerusalem to Babylon, never to return home again. Most of his life was spent in Mesopotamia, in the royal court of Babylon. And the pagans noticed Daniel's wisdom and spiritual gifts. As I said, he was especially noted for dream interpretation. And it's hard to believe that God gave a pagan king such as Nebuchadnezzar a dream that's critical to our end time understanding. But now Nebuchadnezzar realized this dream really was more like a nightmare. And although his enemies were all subdued at the time, he still was quite fearful. The king sent out word that a wise man was needed to interpret his dream, and no one was able. Nebuchadnezzar was said to be the most important pagan king of the Bible, yet he was the most unscrupulous too. He stands as a foreshadow to the Antichrist because of his pure wickedness. People were afraid of him, and he was afraid of his nightmare. The Chaldeans suggested that the king tell them the dream, and then they would interpret it. Now, possibly Nebuchadnezzar either couldn't remember the specifics of his dream, or he was testing the magicians. Nonetheless, there was no one who could help. The king was furious, and he gave the order to kill all the wise men of Babylon. The decree was issued, and wise men began being killed. Daniel learned of this and prayed to God for wisdom concerning the dream and its interpretation. Additionally, Daniel utilized sound judgment and right action, illustrating how a great leader handles crises. 
Daniel was not impulsive, rather he was responsive to God's guidance. And we read in Daniel chapter 2 verse 24, Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king, and I will tell the king the interpretation. True to form, Daniel did exactly as he said he would and interpreted the dream. But he also gave credit to where it was due. He told Nebuchadnezzar that all credit was toward the one true God of heaven. Daniel chapter 2 verses 27 and 28, it's recorded as saying, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Now the prophet Daniel proceeded to tell the king about the unfolding of his nation. We learn in Daniel chapter 2 verses 31 through 33, You, O king, were watching, and behold a great image. This great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. This is a God-ordained vision and interpretation of history given to the king. Nebuchadnezzar's dream featured a huge statue made of various substances that changed in value from the head on down to the feet. The colossal image represents the imposing greatness and splendor of the Gentile world powers, including Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon. Through the eyes of humanity, this is how its own achievement is seen too, great and awesome. In Daniel 7, we see that God's perspective is different. Here in chapter 7, Daniel's vision outlines the same nations coming out of the sea in the same sequence as we saw in chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar saw a monument to human achievement, while Daniel saw the very same precious metals in the form of animalistic kingdoms headed for destruction. The gold represented Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom of Babylon. The second kingdom represented the chest of silver from which two silver arms emerged. This was the Medo-Persian Empire. The third world empire is represented by bronze, belly, and thighs, and it's known as the kingdom of bronze. This is the Greek empire. And finally, the fourth empire is symbolized with legs of iron. This kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. Fifty years before Jesus was born, the previous kingdoms were condensed or consolidated into the Roman Empire. But what about the image's feet? The toes were partly iron and partly clay. This was an indication that the kingdom was to be strong and yet fragile. 
Daniel would foretell of a time when the kingdom would experience another division as evidenced by the Ten Toes. The Roman Empire would house the Ten Kingdom leaders. Top down signified the passing of time, and there's nothing in history signifying a Roman coalition. A fifth and final kingdom is yet to arrive. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, we learn, And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Now, years later, after Nebuchadnezzar's dream, Daniel had a vision. Here, a powerful wind stirred the ocean. Four great beasts came up from the sea. These four kingdoms were shown to be savage beasts. They attacked one another and fought to the death. Daniel's vision provided insights about future events. We learn in Daniel chapter 7, verse 7, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. This fourth beast is the cruel Roman Empire. Now, Rome was responsible for crucifying both Jesus and Peter on crosses. Paul was beheaded and John was banished to the island of Patmos and they burned many Christians. So you see the 10 horns are 10 kingdoms that will rule simultaneously. From them will arise one little horn who will conquer the others dominate the entire empire and eventually become the world dictator or the antichrist there's never been a 10-part roman empire and it's thought to believe this is predicated on the future based on daniel's dream it will take place prior to christ's second coming and now we must wonder about emerging market nations And you know, originally when I thought the 10 horns, I was looking into emerging market nations and I was looking at BRICS and I was uh, looking at the fact that in 2001 that had formed and that made up Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and then five new member nations were added and BRICS doubled in size on January 1st of this year, adding Egypt, Iran, the UAE. E, Saudi Arabia, and Ethiopia. However, that's not right because we're talking about a European coalition and we're, it's not definitive of who the European coalition is or if, if it's not the fourth kingdom. As followers of Jesus, our focus really needs to be and our mission needs to be upon looking at Christ, not trying to figure out who it's going to be and not bringing others 
taking others away from Christ. We want to make sure others are introduced to Christ and have an opportunity for saving salvation instead of trying to figure out who the Antichrist is. So I think it's really important to point that out here. But what we do know is that one dominant world leader will emerge and that the fourth beast will be the fourth kingdom on earth and the 10 horns will arise from this kingdom and this will be the Roman Empire. And the sheer concentration of power in the European Union signals the beginning of a new world order. And there will be a treaty in the future with Israel and this new Roman Empire. And the Antichrist will step forward promising an attempt for seven years in efforts to settle Israel's controversy and the Arabs' controversy. So halfway through the treaty, though, the Antichrist will break it. So at the three and a half year mark. And so we are receiving a lot of warnings now that now is the time to heed Christ's free offer. So with that, I'm going to invite you to join me back next time as we explore the third sign being Russia. And I'm getting a lot of that information direct out of the Bible. And then I'm also um, adding in information from Dr. David Jeremiah's book of signs. So friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven. A person must confess belief in his son, Jesus. When we place our trust in Jesus's finished work upon the cross at Calvary, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. And our sin was then placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. Now, this is a grace gift that we can never repay back to Jesus. We can pay it forward by telling others all about Jesus and inviting them to take part in this grace gift as well. However, uh, with that said, we can also show Jesus our gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him and deepen our connection with him daily. Today, today, friends, if this is you, respectfully, I'm challenging you to take a bold step of courage and strength by openly confessing this eternal salvation prayer after me. Father God, I'm repenting of sins unknown and known, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking, acting, and doing life. Jesus, you're invited to take up permanent residence upon the throne of my heart. I'm confessing your shed blood washed away my past, present, and future sins upon that cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. And consider joining a good Bible-based church, surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will help build up and edify your newfound faith in Jesus. Now, allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the wisest and most important decision of your lifetime. Congratulations, and God bless you. And friends, if you like this episode and want to hear more, make sure to subscribe so you'll get the latest releases as they become available. And if you're interested in doing more of a rigorous study, a deep dive on 
this type of material, you can reference my book as well. And that's under the same name, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. And you can find that at pampastorcopywriting.com, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, or Dorrance.com. And until next time, always remember that you have been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. Until next time, God bless you.